the reason why I got into bare knuckle, it was two things. One, because my missus fell pregnant with my little boy and I was like, right, I need some money. My, my most favourite one was um, when I got to look after Jackie Chan. And I remember messaging back, I said, which one is it? So is it the guy that got knocked out or the guy who did the knocking out? And he went, nice, oh, a geezer that knocked him out. I said, oh, you're having a fucking laugh, <laughs> yeah. Welcome, Jack. Thank you, mate. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here, pal. Um, absolute pleasure, uh, mate, to be honest with you. So, um, uh, Jack, I mean, you, you know, you've uh, you definitely got an interesting story that I'm looking uh, <laughs> looking forward to hearing all about. Yeah. Um, but let's uh, let's let's start it from the beginning, like a lot of our guests. So, growing up for me, it was I had a loving childhood. I did have a loving childhood. Don't get me wrong; we wasn't well off or anything like that. We, uh, my, my dad worked, and my mum looked after me and my brother. Um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't have a, didn't say a re we had everything we needed, didn't have everything we wanted, but everything we needed was there. Um, so, f I mean, the, 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 the boxing side of things comes really from my dad. My dad's quite a, a tough man in my area. Um, he's, he's had, he's had stories upon stories and he's always, as growing up, he's always telling me about these stories and for me as a kid, I looked at my dad like he was my hero, and I still do, to some some extent. And what was it? What was he like? He's he, he's just um. I mean, to me, he was a big, big cuddly teddy bear. But then, as I got older, the stories that he was telling me about the fights that he'd been in, the things he'd done to people, I think, for oh, fucking hell, right? This is you never expected. Yeah, that. I never expected it. He's a big man. He was he was. I think he was about six foot four, and he was well over twenty stone. He was a very intimidating man to talk to and, and to speak to, but. But that was for outside. When inside, he, he was a big, big bear, do you know what I mean? Big cuddly bear, and he always did his best for me and my brother. And yeah, it's, it, it's, it's weird that he, had, he also had that other side to him. Mm, yeah, you never saw that. No, I, I, never, I never saw that, no. I mean, I can count on one hand the amount of times my dad's had to smack me growing up, and that was well overdue. I was, I wasn't, I was, I was a little shit as a kid. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I was. I just, like a lot of us. Yeah, just I was, I wasn't bad, bad, but I was, I was more annoying than anything. And I'd, I'd always push the boat out and always push my dad's buttons. And and eventually, I, I, over time, he, he'd probably flip. But but yeah, it's um, I mean, he he only for me, he only had to raise his voice, mm. and that was that was intimidating enough to tell him, like for me to to shut up. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, having that kind of man figure in my life, I think, definitely set a path for our, where I am now. Do you know? What, what, what were you like, um, like in as a whole growing up? So I, as, I wasn't a popular kid when I was younger. I wouldn't say I was very popular at all. Um, I had friends, but I was always the butt of everyone's joke. If that makes sense. Um, I did suffer a lot of bullying growing up, all throughout primary school and all throughout secondary school as well. Um, but I've always boxed as well. It's weird. I, I started boxing from around about. I think I was about eight years old oh, you're when from I first started young boxing. Age. Yeah, so it's boxing's quite a popular thing to do in my town in Chatham. It's um, a lot of young lads. There's been a lot of lads that could have gone far, but pro boxing games a bit, a bit more than just being able to box, isn't it? Yeah, so it's, yeah. So you've got to have a lot more. You've got to have a lot more about you. It's a bit of substance. So, yeah. So. For me, um, like I said, the, the boxing thing was an escape. Did you actually did you actually start in the boxing um, world then? So yeah, so I started off as a gloved boxer, but I didn't actually have my first fight until I was seventeen. Right, right. Yeah, it's I, I, still young though. It's just yeah, it was, it was young enough. But I mean, I I just didn't take it seriously when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I, I was 
I love my food and I love being out with my friends and I, I never would have stuck to a diet or anything back then and even now I find the diet part hard now yeah, but, yeah. but uh, yeah back then I just yeah I, I wasn't I'd go to the gym for a few weeks and then I'd stop for a little while and then I'd back and forth back and forth and yeah and then the, the, the boxing side of it actually didn't take off like until I was 17 so well, what, what do you feel like you got from it like the boxing do you, do you did it help you in any way or um a little bit I, I suppose it just I think for me it was more something to give give me something to do to keep keep myself give myself like a goal if that makes sense um keep my mind occupied yeah that's it, other than that really and a little bit of money here and there it's not really done not but, really done much for, considering much you, no yeah. not as much as I'd wanted it to yeah. I've, I've, looking back I've turned away some pretty good opportunities have you in life how come because just because of boxing because I've all because I've wanted to go further in boxing and I've always put boxing first and if like a, a new job offer had come up and I'd be like, ah, oh, but I can't train. How am I going to train at this time if mm. I've got to be here and working? Oh, so I, I wouldn't do the job because I'd be worried about training. Mm. Um, and the older I get, the less I'm starting to feel like that now with, with the, the fighting. I'm like, look, work's got to come first. I've got kids to support now. So, yeah. But yeah, it, in, looking back, it has, it has took a lot of um, opportunities away from me, boxing. So, so what was uh, the first fight like for you at uh, 17? Um, I lost my first... My first ever fight, I lost it. I lost my first fight. I, I was scheduled to fight someone else and then they um, they pulled in another guy on the, the night before. And I had, a, I had a good fight of him, but we we were told that he, he'd only had a couple of fights and he'd been out of the ring for a long time. And, and uh, as I said, I was only 17 years old and he was a bit older than me as well. I don't, can't quite remember how old he was, but he must have been in his early 20s, maybe 24 around about that sort of age um but my dad my dad didn't actually say anything to me until after the fight but my dad actually found footage of him fighting 10 years i think it was 10 or 8 years or something like that before my this fight fighting an ex-pro on the unlicensed scene so he'd been around for a long time did you say on the uh, unlicensed oh, this is on unlicensed boxing yeah so yeah. i went i went straight from no having no boxing matches straight into the unlicensed boxing oh is that the right yeah i kind of did everything arse about face i did unli i did unlicensed boxing and then i did amateur boxing and then i went that's when i got into the bare knuckle and what what is unlicensed is it basically just unregulated yeah it's it's, it's basically just um it, I mean, you can anyone could get on an unlicensed boxing show now there's just promoters put them on left right and center it's just a case of uh you message a promoter, I say you want to fight, he'll arrange a fight for you and you sell tickets for him and that's how you earn your money for him. Right. That's, that's basically how it goes. But you could be put up against anyone, any shape, any size. <sighs> it, all, it all depends on your promoter. They still obviously do all the, the weight classes and oh, they do. all that sort of yeah. stuff, yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, I've, I've seen some pretty bad matchups in the unlicensed mm. game, to be honest with you. People that shouldn't have been in the ring with, with other people. Yeah. But, but, yeah, going back to my first fight, um, yeah, like I said, I, I lost it, but we had, we had a good fight. I wasn't fit for it. I didn't take the fight seriously, if I'm honest with you. I trained, but not nowhere near as hard as I should have done. And did it spur you on after? Is that like, did you get that? Well, yeah, I had, I had kind I was, of taste for it. Of yeah, I had a I had a little undefeated streak not long after that. Um, did you? I still don't get me even then though. I, I took training more seriously. I was out doing the training stuff more, but I still didn't diet. I still I was like, look, I looked at it like I'm heavyweight. Mm. I don't care about having abs. I'm, I want my food. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I I had I think in the end I had about I think I had eight unlicensed fights and I had one six. You won so six. I won six of them. Yeah. Did, um, did you did you make much money uh, 
from it or? Um, it was normally around about fifteen hundred pound per flat. Was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But fifty. I think sometimes it was around about two grand. It all depends on how many tickets you sell. Yeah, that's yeah. what it comes. Yeah, to. Yeah, it was the same concept. Yeah, because yeah. we've had a few boxes on, and to be fair, that's mm. it's exactly the same. Uh, yeah, it's the same in the pro game as well. If you, if you can't sell, if you can't sell tickets. Mm. You ain't gonna make it very successful in the program. So, so what? So, out of all of that um, streaks, what was your like? Would you say your hardest uh, fight was? Um, there was a there was a fight against a guy called Aaron Coglan. I think it was my third. That was it. it was my fourth unlicensed fight. He was hard in mentally. It was hard to get prepared for him because I was. Like I said I was an 18, 19 year old lad. And this geezer was a monster. He was an absolute monster. I remember seeing a footage of him. And it was like the camera angle was like from the corner facing up. And all I could see was this big, big geezer. And he was massive. Just come walking across the ring, touch gloves. They step back. He comes in, one punch. Knocks the geezer out cold. Like, not not dropped him. He's asleep. And I remember the, no. when the guy that I, I used to train with, and it was, it was his boxing show, he said, oh, I've got you this fella. Here's a footage of him. And I remember messaging back, I said, which one is it? I said, is it the guy that got knocked out or the guy who did the knocking out? And he went, no, it's a geezer that knocked him out. I said, oh, you're having a fucking laugh, <laughs> yeah. I said, bloody hell, well, it's my only, my only my full fight, do you know what I mean? So um, I, I was like, yeah, all right then, I did it. And I did it, and um, it's actually one of my favourite videos to watch back, the, 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 the highlight reel of the actual knockout, because I, I stopped him in the third round. Third round, did Third you? round, yeah, and... Uh, but I and what you was eighteen at the I was about eight, oh yeah, eighteen, nineteen. I was yeah. Well, how old was he? I was. I don't actually know his exact age, but he was a lot older than me. Was he? Yeah, he, was, he well must. Have, he must. Have, he must have been in. I think he was an ex. Um, he was in the army as well. He was ex uh, squaddy, and I don't know what regiment he was in, but but yeah, he, but he was a big lad. He was big, and uh, yeah, and, and uh, honestly, it was the first time I've ever, ever been physically scared mm. going into a into a fight. But it turned out to be one of my best. Uh, outcomes yeah one of my best fights yeah and it's um, really good a lot of people actually um, they look at the the, the, the highlight reel of it because when I, I knock him down I, I steam into him with loads of hooks and when he goes down I lean over him and I start shouting at him telling him to get up I think me, me adrenaline just, just ran a mile took over. yeah it took over big time and a lot of people go oh that's like when Lenny McLean beat up um, that mad Gypsy Bradshaw same sort of thing where he, he goes divvy at him and a lot of people have said that, that it kind of reminds them of, of, of that same video. Really? So, yeah. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll see if I... Uh, is there a video footage of it somewhere? Yeah, yeah. What, is there? Well, my, what the, my fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got it on my phone. Have I'll you? show you it. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to show you it. Well, um, um, we'll even see if we can um, incorporate it into the podcast. Yeah, well. definitely. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good little uh, good little highlight reel for me anyway. Yeah, yeah. But you yeah. were quite young at that time. I was, well. yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, was a, it was a scary fight. It was a scary fight, but... At the same time, I learned a lot from that as well because you use that fear as as fuel. I learned how to do that. Do you know what I mean? And it it, it kept me when I was in the ring. It kept me on point. Mm. Didn't didn't get lazy. Alert. Like, yeah, I was I was always alert. I was I was slipping shots. I was doing things that I never really did because my my back then my style was hands up, take everything on the gloves and just just have a fight. But then in the fight of him, I was slipping the shots. I was rolling under the shots and things that I just never did. But it's because I was so scared. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, getting hit by him. Yeah, them. I was so scared of getting hit by him. But yeah, I don't think like that now, though. Mm. It's weird because obviously I was younger then. Now I don't. I don't look at someone and think I'm scared of being hit by him. Mm. That that's that's gone. Yeah. Still get nerves, obviously, but but that fear of being punched now is 
yeah, that's that's long gone. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I I think I I don't have the fear of getting hit. That probably causes my problems all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been punched so many times in sparring in mm. the past, like, and I, I feel like I can just take it uh, yeah. a bit too much, and then after you're absolutely aching, your neck yeah, hurts. Yeah, 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 that's like it. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, he's got a bad headache. Yeah, that that's one thing I haven't mastered yet of like all the slipping and yeah. and moving, but. Yeah, it just takes time, doesn't it? Really? It does, it does. And it all depends on who's training you as well. Because like I said, when, when I was training for fights back then, I was with a guy who, who, who had a, he was a one-way pony. He, it's all he could do. It's all he knew how to do. What's that? And then uh, it was just, he, all he did was have his hands up oh, and okay. take shots on the gloves and yeah. on the arms and come in like that. Now I'm with my trainer, Pete, who's my, he's been my trainer now for the past six, seven years. Um, He's a lot more brought, movement. He, he, yeah, he has brought a completely different style out of me. Now I've, I can have my hands down now, inspiring, and so it's hard for people to hit me. Yeah. So it's because I'm always moving, slipping under shots, and that's how you should be. It's, it's, it's boxing. It ain't standing there being punched. You're not supposed to let people hit you. Do you know what I mean? It's hit and not be hit. Well, I remember I was talking to my my trainer about it as well, and he was saying about Floyd Mayweather, mm. and he was saying like how Floyd just you, makes these little tiny movements, yeah, yeah, like to dodge punches, not like big movements, but just enough where he can dodge a punch, yeah, but still limit how much energy he uses, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like it's, it's, and that's, that's, it's a it's, skill. It's those kind of things that my trainer Pete does as well. Like he'll um. And the thing is with, with Pete, he he will be at home and he'll be watching he'll be watching fights and he'll be studying stuff and then he'll bring it into the gym. So like, right, we've got to work on this. <laughs> and I remember one there was a there, like because we we do a lot of drilling in the ring. It's, obviously we have our normal sparring drilling? drilling, so you drill certain moves. Okay. Yeah, yeah. certain moves. But it's like he, he tries to make it as real life as possible. So he, he'll tell the guy, "You're throwing this punch. I want you to hit him. <laughs> so I don't want you to just tap him. Yeah. So I want you to hit him so he can actually try and work on it." Um, and yeah, and things like that. And like you said about, it's only those slight little movements that you need mm. to to be able to make a miss or, or to block a shot. And yeah. something as simple as, like say if someone's got their guard out a little bit longer than normal, all you've got to do is just put your hands, hover it over their gloves, things like that. And then they, they rush into you and you, a lot of people, if they, if say like they steamed into you, you back off. Right, But right. he said, if you steam into them and you catch them, now you've smothered their work and you've got your gloves over their gloves. Over theirs. So now they, they, like, they can't really move. I think little things like that is, mm. but back in the day when I first started, I didn't even know what stuff like that was. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't until I got with Pete and honestly, Pete's phenomenal when it comes to knowledge of boxing and, and the man can still fight himself. He's nearly 50 and he's my main sparring partner. Oh, is he really? Yeah, he's sparring. He's, well. he, he spars everyone. Yeah. He, go, he still fights. He still goes around the country and he fights all the top and comers, all the up and coming fighters in the unlicensed game. And sometimes he wins, sometimes he loses. Yeah, but, but he just he don't care. It's not he's, about it's not really no. about that, is it? No, but he's. Um, I think there's a lot. I think I think you can get things from losing though as well. So yeah, like while you know nobody wants to lose. No, of course ever. Not. Like I, I think I think there's 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 a lot to be like learned from that. Yeah, there is that that side of things. And Pete as well. He's he's own he's got his own story to tell. He's um he's been around some some he's. I mean, we're going back to like Lenny McLean, Roy Shaw days, and when they fought for the governor title, which was through Joey Pyle, and they all, they all started doing unlicensed boxing at Caesar Palace in London. Pete's around that era, like he, he fought at Caesar Palace on the unlicensed scene, and he he was kept. If you Joey Pyle Junior's got a book out, and um, he's got Pete talks about Pete in it, and he says that Harry kept Pete away from all the governors at that time because Pete would have gone through them all. Do you know what I mean? And, he's, and, and the, the governor title is a heavyweight title and Pete's not a natural heavyweight. He's only, I think Pete's only about 5'11", 
Okay. And he's, a, he's, I think now he's about 16 stone, but back then he was about 14 and a half, 15. Yes. And that's a very small heavyweight mm. in the heavyweight division. But he would still wipe the floor of all of these people. Honestly, Pete, Pete alone's got his own story to tell, mate. That man's done some things. How'd you, how'd you meet Pete? <laughs> this, is a, this is a funny thing. Me and Pete actually didn't get along at first. Well, same we didn't get along. We didn't, we, we was wary of each other because I fought for a promotion that didn't get along with him because he had his own promotion doing unlicensed boxing. Um, so it was kind of like rivals in Chatham in, in the Medway area. And me being me, I, I'm respectful enough to stay loyal to my promotion. And whenever I saw Pete in the gyms and stuff like that, I'd be like, you're right, mate. That's it. That's all I would give him. I wouldn't, wouldn't say nothing more to him because I was loyal to them. And then when I fell out with them, I went off and did my own little thing for a little bit of time. And I knew that Pete, because I wanted to get into the bare knuckle game. I knew Pete had contacts in bare knuckle because I see that he'd, he'd trained another fighter called Craig Amar, who's from Dover. Um, and he'd been up up and down the country with him, taking him to bare knuckle fights. So I thought, well, he'd be the man to speak to if I want to get involved in the bare knuckle world. So I messaged him and said, like, can you help us out? And he said, yeah, come down to the gym, we'll do a bit of training. And it just, and it just went from there. Yeah, did and it. And now he's, he's the godfather to my son. <laughs> he's my godfather as well. And it's, it's just, yeah, it's just a, it's a beautiful relationship that's grown from basically hating each other or not yeah. liking each other. So it's weird. So, so, so what, what, made, what was the desire around getting into bare knuckle? It was a couple of things. Um, um, I mean, the first time I ever watched a, a bare knuckle fight in real life was my dad took me to go watch one. Um, it was uh, two lads who had a problem with each other. They had a straightener. And as, it was, as you do. Yeah, as you do, yeah. And... Um, <laughs> It was a quite a bigger bigger thing. It was um there was loads of people. There must have been about sixty, seventy people there, and it was down the road from where I lived in on this field, and uh, I can remember watching it. Even I must have been about 12, 12, yeah, 12 or thirteen when this happened, and I remember watching it then, and I think, oh, this is fucking, this is mad, this. So even back then, kind of, sort of, it planted a seed, mm. if anything. Um, and then the reason why I got into bare knuckle, it was. Two things. One, because my missus fell pregnant with my little boy and I was like, right, I need some money. And I heard that there was some good money floating around in it. Um, and the second reason was because everyone in Chatham and Medway was becoming a boxer. Like, guys that... Listen, I, I'm, I'm all for people going and doing an eight-week training camp that's never had a fight before in their life and, and going and they're doing a white-collar fight, which is fair, fair play to you. It takes bottle to get in the ring. But... When you've got someone like myself who, who's done it for years and years and years, and then you've got someone who's only done it for eight weeks, mm. and now someone's putting that person and me in the same sentence, I'm like, nah. Yeah, like, yeah. Nah, that's, that's like, in my eyes, that's a little bit disrespectful. Yeah, yeah, yeah it makes I've, sense. I've, I've had loads, I did loads of fights, I've had, I've had loads of all these things, and all these guys never had a fight in his life, and now some are saying, oh, yeah. You're doing the same thing as him, aren't you? And I'm like, oh, that, that, that makes sense, though, because so, you've, you've devoted absolute, like years yeah. and years and years into something. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, and people come around the corner. So, and, I, 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 and then there was no, there's no one in Chatham that does bare knuckle boxing apart from me. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm the only, only person that does it, yeah. There's people in Kent that do it. There's, there's, there's about three or four fighters in Kent that do it, but I'm the only one from my hometown that right. does it, so. So, 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 what, so what happened? So you, um, you was in the unlicensed boxing scene. Yep. You had your streak um, of winning. Yep. And is that what happened? Then you transferred. No, so I I was actually gonna try and have a proper crack at. Uh, pro, uh, I wanted to turn pro. Did you? Um, but I thought, right, to turn pro, I've got to go through the unlicensed route first. 
I thought at least because I've had experience in boxing, I'd sparred pros all the time, and I, I was better than a beginner amateur, if that makes sense. Um, so I thought, right, I'll turn amateur. I'll I'll try and at least win the Harangay, and maybe get a, maybe get the ABAs in if I can. Um, and then once I've done that, turn over. It's it's a very touchy thing going from unlicensed to pro. Only a few fighters have done it and been successful. And there's been a few that have been very successful from it. Um, Fabio Wardley, done it. Anthony Yard, done it. But they, Anthony Yard obviously did, went, had an amateur background as well. Yeah, but he was also an unlicensed fighter as well. Um, Nick Blackwell, right. another one who, who did it. Um, well, what What's the stigma there? It's because a lot of pros, that they go for the amateur route and they turn pro. Now, unlike a lot of... Unlicensed boxing can be you can be get you can get very very good fighters in unlicensed boxing and you can get very very terrible fighters in unlicensed boxing. So no one quite knows that where you're at. Where oh, if you okay. if you've won the ABAs, the Harangay, promoters can look at you and go, you've got something. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you come, someone goes, you're coming from an unlicensed scene. Straight away, promoters will be like, well, who have you fought then? Because mm. like I said you can fight your next door neighbour on an unlicensed show if if he decided if, he's up he, wanted, if he wanted it. Yeah. So. That, that, that's that's where that comes from, but um, yeah. So I decided I wanted to go amateur, um, and at the time I was working as a hod carrier. So what's a hod care? Uh, basically a bricklayer's labourer. Oh, okay. Um, and it's it's hard graft. It's constant yeah, all day, yeah, hard graft, yeah. constantly bricks on your shoulders, muck on your shoulders, and it's yeah. But I was doing that. I was going running on my lunch break, um, and then going back to work, and then I'd go to the gym in the evenings, and. My first, my first amateur fight, I fought Tom Welch, who's doing well in the pro game now. He's Scott Welch's son. He was my first amateur fight, and we had a very good fight. I lost on decision, and I thought, you know what, I'll take that. He's, he was an experienced amateur. He'd had, I think, 22 or 23 amateur fights. He'd won the ABAs. He'd won Harangay. He'd, he'd, he'd won a fair few things. So I thought, yeah, my first fight, I'll take that. Like, that, that wasn't too bad. I only lost, I only lost by points. Um, and then my second... My second... Um, amateur fight I stopped the guy in the first round in um, that was at Millwall Football Stadium third fight I won by points and then my fourth fight I lost I fought, went over to Guernsey and fought over there and I, f I thought I won the fight if I'm honest with you but it was it was a good fight it was a war we got battled the season it was given to him yeah it, it was given to him because he's a hometown fighter yeah right, um, right. and it, this is a, an ongoing thing that goes on in amateur boxing it's robberies left mm. right and centre when it comes to decisions Yeah. and I walked away from it like do you know what Oh, fuck this. I, f I just said, uh, I'm, I'm going to work every day, grafting my arse off, running to the gym after work mm. for a decision to get robbed. Like, I said, mm. nah, I said, I ain't. That's what happened to yeah. our friends as well, to be fair. I think, and that's how they lost the love for it. Because it's yeah. almost like if you don't click yeah. in that, if you're not in that circle of the right people in the right places, you're almost like put to the side and yeah. you're, you, you're, you're just basically used, aren't you? But yeah, it, pretty much, yeah. And um, yeah, so then after that, I was like, you know what, I can't be asked for this anymore. And then I stopped boxing again for a little while. And um, then I was actually, I actually decided to, this was around about the time I met Craig and all that sort of stuff. And the uh, that's when the army situation came into it. I was going to join the army. Right. I thought, and I, I kind of thought, you know what, if I can box, if I could do a bit of boxing, I'll do it in the army. Um, and yeah, so I, I went away. I had to lose, I lost six stone in six months. Did you? Because I, I, when I went to the army careers office, 
They um they do your your BMI checks and your weight yeah, and yeah. and Quite my my BMI was was far too high and they said you got to lose weight. So I said okay, so I, they told me how much I had to lose. Would I, it, what would you have weighed? Because um, you're quite a tall. You're quite. A, I was, I was about twenty one stone. Twenty one. So yeah. you you got down to about fifteen. Did I got down. I got down to fifteen stone. Yeah, did you? That's six impressive. Months, yeah. Um, and I went back, and they couldn't believe it when I went to the cruise. Yeah, I bet they, they couldn't, couldn't believe it. Mm. Um, and so how, how'd you do that? I was just dieting and running every day. Mm. That's all I did, running. Um, and it, I didn't go running like didn't go loads of miles. Did a mile and a half because a mile and a half is the um, entry to get into the army. You have to be able to do a mile and a half in a certain amount of time. Okay. So I just kept doing that every single day till I could beat my scores. You remember what that time? I think at the time it was about ten and a half minutes. Ten and a half minutes. Okay. Yeah, to run a mile and a half, something like that. Ten, yeah, ten minutes, forty-five seconds, something like that. It's changed again now. I think now you just have to do a bleep test. But um, yeah, that's what it was at the time, and I just kept running every day until I could beat it. And even when I could beat it, I'd still wanted to do it faster. So that's all I did. But yeah, because of the diet that I was on and the running, the weight just fell off me. Did it? Yeah. So. Yeah, so and what um, what units like? What unit did you go into? So I, when I was, because um, this is the thing, I didn't actually get into the army because uh, I wanted to go for the um, PWRR, which is the uh, Princes of Wales Royal Regiment. It's a southeast based regiment. Um, it's an infantry regiment as well. But what happened? So I lost. I went and lost all the weight. I went back to the careers office. I had to send off all my doctor's forms and all, all that sort of stuff. And then a back injury came up from, I think it was about two and a half years previous to, to me doing the army. And it was because of a, a fight in a nightclub. Um, someone jumped on my back and I, I pulled my back out, basically. And I was in agony. I was in absolute agony. So I went to the doctors about it. Didn't know what, what to do. And all the doctors gave me was painkillers. Mm. It was, didn't do anything. So I went and had a, went and saw an acupuncture. Two sessions, bang, back sorted. But um, they still recorded that. Because it's recorded and because it's a back injury, they they then they what they wanted me to do, they wanted me to do a, a further six months fitness diary to prove I didn't have a bad back anymore. A fitness diary. Yeah, so basically I had to print off this this thing that they sent me on email and it basically had like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and then like your activities that you're doing. Okay. And it in my eyes it was bollocks. It, it, I mean, look, I, I went away and I lost six stone in six months. If I had a bad batch, you think I'd be able to do that? And what do you do? Fill it out yourself? Yeah, you fill it out yourself. So, and I, I, this is the thing, I lied on a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get me wrong, I was still running and still keeping myself fit and doing what I had to do because I mm. wanted to join the army. But I've got, I've just spent six months losing weight. Mm. Now I've got to spend six months doing this bit of paperwork that don't even need to be done. Yeah. I tried to appeal it. They said, go see a back specialist. I went and paid for to see a back specialist. He gave me the all clear, wrote him an email, declined it. So I was like, oh, fuck's sake. And then as the as the uh, six months fitness diary was coming to an end, that's when I met my missus. Right. And then not long after being with her, she fell pregnant with my little boy. And it was like, oh, I told her, like, I'm supposed to be going in the army. I was like, I'm supposed to, like, because once I sent it off, they agreed. They, they said, right, okay, this is sweet. Yep. Did they? And then they gave me my assessment date. What? All I had to do was go to that assessment date, pass the test, and I would have been in. I would have been off for me six months training. Um, but because I've, my missus fell pregnant, I, I didn't want to be away training mm. while she was going to be giving birth. Yeah, 100%. And I did call the army up and I said, look, I said, will I be able to leave the, the training if she fall, if she gives birth, like if she goes into labour? And they said, yeah, obviously we can let you go, but we can't guarantee that you'll get there on time. And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm not missing my, my, my child's birth. So I just basically put the army on hold and... 
at the same time, as much as it will probably be one of my biggest regrets in life not joining the army because it is something I really, really wanted to do. But if I if I had have gone in there, would I have gone down the bare knuckle fighting route? Mm. Because I probably wouldn't have. I do, I do think there's a lot to be said about, you know, things happen for a reason. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it is very true. Like, had this sequence of events not happened, then this doesn't yeah, end exactly. up unfolding. Because my plan was to go, go in the army, do... To, up. I mean, at first I was planning just like to, to, just to do my four years and maybe get out. And my plan was to immigrate to America and work for a, a security company over there um, who did... Because uh, they've made le uh, weed legal over there. Mm. And they have armed security guards that... that Today. Cover it all, yeah. I actually, I actually emailed a company even before I'd got into the army because you have to be ex-military to do it, and basically told them the situation. I said, look, I'm joining the army. Would you even consider hiring anyone from the British military? And they said, yeah, of course we would. Mm. I said, well, it's a long way off yet, but this is where I'm at. And they said, okay, well, when you're ready, email us again, and we'll, we'll see what we can do to help you out. I had it all planned in my head what I wanted to do. I wanted to move to America and live over there and. And then yeah, and it just all that just went. It weren't an opportunity to smoke a lot of it as well. I don't. I don't it? smoke. <laughs> no, I don't smoke. Yeah, I don't smoke or drink yeah. really. So yeah, have, have you? Have you uh, is that always been? The no, case no, no. I've, I've um, I used to, I, I think I drunk more when I was fourteen, fifteen than what I have wow, as an adult. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was always at house parties as a kid. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah going off drinking and stuff like that. And now the only time I will have a drink is Christmas. Yeah, really. Christmas yeah, Day, really. Boxing Day, and that'll be me. And how long has that been for? Probably, I'd say the last. Six years or so. Oh, that's, that's very. Don't that's get me impressive. wrong. I, if, I, that's not because I feel I'm an alcoholic or anything like that. That's no, just no. because I don't really like drinking that mm. much. If I'm at a barbecue or something, then maybe mm. I'll have a drink. Yeah, but it's not a mile. I don't wake up and think, oh, I'm gonna have a drink today. It's just, uh, that's the last thing that goes through my mind. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. It's just not. It's not. And and, and it's it's always a bit difficult because with training, it obviously contradicts it each does, other. Yeah, a bit, it does. Yeah, it does. So. I think yeah. if you're if you're serious about your training and your mm. your career and stuff like that, you want yeah. to make sure that you everything you're doing, you know. And if it's a worst case scenario, it's just the food, then you can you can kind of live with that, can't you? A little yeah, bit. exactly. Yeah, it's just that's what I mean. That's that's what I used to say to people all the time. Like a lot of people, they live for the weekends. They want to go out clubbing. They want to go out drinking and being with their friends. Me, I'd, my going out clubbing is standing at home and having a nice takeaway. And watching yeah, film. yeah. <laughs> that's what I do. It's just I've, to to be honest, it was exactly the same for me. Like growing up with all my mates. We was at we was you know clubbing bars pubs wherever, mm. wherever you can think of yeah and it was like there was that cultural thing growing up in our in our town yeah where it was just like partying all the time yeah but yeah. it's exact I, I don't know if it's an age thing but you know some people are still doing it even at my age yeah yeah but um as I've got to like thirty three I'm just like I've got mm. I've got too many things that I'm responsible yeah. for that I've got to try and make sure I'm on the, yeah, the straight yeah. and narrow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think as well, it, it's there was a couple of things that happened when I when I was, when I was drinking, and this was around about the same sort of time I got with the missus, and I started doing the bare knuckle fighting. Because um, I was only I was, I was 22 years old at this time. Okay. Um, when I first started it, and I don't what what, what happened was that's young as well, isn't it? Like yeah. to get into that scene. What happened was. I was I was out with a load of fr friends. We was having um it was all the lads from my my gym. We was all out having a um a nice meal, and I was <laughs> one of the guys who trains with us was the manager at this bar. So we got drinks on the house all night pretty much, and, it, and we we took the piss as well. We we made sure we was having doubles and triples and everything else. It got, and got messy very quickly. It got messy very quickly, and I was the I remember the same night. I had a, I had a little bit of a. I wouldn't say an argument with someone, but a, a few words were said with someone, if I remember rightly. can't remember who it is to this day, but I, I remember 
I was stumbling all over the place. I was so drunk. It was, it was a joke. And and I just remember feeling very vulnerable. I woke up the next day and thinking, if that went off with this geezer, I was in trouble. Mm. And I also drove myself home that night. And I, I mean, I, I, I don't know how fast I was going, but I was home very quickly. And it's, I'm lucky to still be here, to be honest with you. And that's something I swore I'd never do because that's how my cousin passed away. Really? When I, when I was 15 right? years old, yeah, my cousin passed away in a car crash. And I said I swore I'd never drink and drive. And I did. And uh, I, I, I was so devastated in myself for doing it. And like I said, and I don't like the, the fact that being out and having the reputation of a bare knuckle fighter and, uh, and being out on like being out on a night out yeah, and because yeah. it create it, it creates uh, a stigma like uh, yeah. an atmosphere. Don't get me wrong. There's there's some places I, I can go to have a drink and it's it's the most sweetest night ever. You won't have no ag, but that's why I don't really go out much anymore because you never know. You never know which dickheads had too much mm. sniff or whatever and wants to try and prove himself by beating up a bare knuckle fighter. And I know what I'm like when I get drunk. I'm I'm all over the place. Mm. So I don't like having that vulnerability. And I don't want them to feel like they've got an advantage over me because I'm drunk. Yeah. Now, if I go out and I'm sober and someone starts, it's a different situation because I know I'm fully in control of what I can do and my 100%, capabilities. 100%. But when I'm drunk, I'm not. And I really don't like that feeling. So well, it's, it could get even worse, can't it? Anything can happen. Well, yeah. Right? It could, I mean, I could, I could seriously hurt someone because mm. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. But at the same time, I'd just rather not be in that situation so I don't really drink. Yeah, fair. And if I do drink, there's only one place I'll go and that's... Believe it or not, it's the Hell's Angels Clubhouse in Kent because <laughs> it is such a chilled out night there. They sponsor yeah. me, so oh, did they? Yeah, so if if I was to ever go out and have a drink, that's where I go. Yeah, really. Yeah, how, how did that come about? Them, um, what's like them sponsoring you? Uh, so I become a supporter of the club um, a few years ago. And is this like Hell's Angels exactly like what I'm thinking about in America? Hell's yeah, Angels? yeah, yeah, yeah. The it, same, the same. Yeah, is it? Is it yeah, really? They're, they're worldwide. Yeah, they're worldwide. They're, they're a massive motorbike club. Um, so I, I became a supporter a few years ago because I, I knew someone that knew him and I, I sort of went with him a couple of times and, and stuff like that. And then as a um, as a supporter, one of the things, like if there's a member of the Black Club in jail or something like that, write him a letter, show you support. There was a guy called Smudge who was in jail at the time. I sent him a letter, said, I'm, my name's Jack Drake, blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm a supporter of the club and I hope you're well and if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. And, and he, he wrote me back and he went, Jack Draper, he went, are you Sean Draper's boy? <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, I am, yeah. And obviously we had this, this you know what I told you earlier about the, me and my dad having this ongoing thing about, oh, you're Jack Draper's dad, isn't you? Or you're Sean Draper's boy. Um, but yeah, he, he, he went to school with my dad. And this guy is like one of the top guys in, in, the in, in the Hells Angels in Kent, yeah. And, um, and he, so when he, he was due to be released, I think like four or five months after I wrote him a letter, he said, when, when I come out, he said, send me your number. So I ring her and when it, the first day he got out, he rang me. And um I went and had breakfast and out of him and it just went went from there really. And yeah, and then he just introduced me to all the boys in the club and I've been been to a few places around England now. And uh, and when you say you're like a supporter of them, like a support of what? What 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 do they actually So when 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 you say you're a supporter of the club, I mean they they'll put like merchandise out and stuff like that. Right. You, you wear their tops and you support them. So you, you go to their events. Right, like whenever right, they put right. an event on, you'll turn up and you'll go to their events. You go to their clubhouse, which is like you buy your drinks and anything like that. It's just just supporting them. Yeah, fair. So, fair. Um, just yeah, it just means it like because obviously there are other motorbike clubs out there and right, they, some it? of them don't get along. Right, right. Okay, but it's fair. like I support 
It's, it's no different to supporting a football team. Yeah, yeah. But I support my cycle club. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And, and and with that, they they sponsored me for the for the fighting. So they helped me out where they can with stuff. And yeah, it's just, it's really good. It's good good bunch of blokes. Nice, nice. So, yeah. so, so, so the bare knuckle. Uh, so the bare knuckle fighting. Do you remember your first fight with? Uh... Yeah. So I fought for um, BKBTM. It's one of the biggest uh, bare knuckle promotions in the country. Still going strong now. Um, I messaged the promoter and was like, look, I'm interested in having a fight. First thing I wanted to find out was the, how much are you paying? Um, told me how much it was and the percentage of ticket sales. I said, okay. how, how much was it? Um, my first fight was 500, 500 pound purse and 50% of the ticket sales. 50%? 50%. So, and I, I had quite a, I got quite a, a good, good fan following. base. Good, yeah, a good yeah. following. So, and with it being bare knuckle and being my first bare knuckle fight, I knew I was going to shift the ticket. Um, and I think, for the first fight, I think I made just over three grand. For, like, yeah, I'll yeah take it's that. not bad. And the reason why I did it was because obviously my, my missus was having the baby, and I thought well, I need some money. Yeah, get some dough. To um, and yeah, and that's that's w what happened. Was that so, the, what you, you were doing for work at the time? No, I was still hod carrying at the time. Oh, okay. I was still yeah, a hod carrier, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I got I got in I got into uh, through the Belk fight and through this promotion, and I fought a guy in my first fight called Shannon Rich, who's an American. And he's had well over 200, might even be 300 MMA fights now. He's been fighting since the early 90s, I Jeez. think. Um, he's, yeah, he's very, very experienced. And he's had, he's had a few bare knuckle fights as well from like the, the early 90s when it was no holds barred sort of fighting. He's, he's fought on loads of platforms. He fought over in Pride. He right. fought over there. He fought, um, he fought Frank Shamrock, Jake Shields, I believe he's fought. Sakuraba, he's fought him. Like, he's been all over the world fighting everyone. And um, yeah, and, and he was my first first bare knuckle fight, and we we had an absolute tear up. He um, at the same time it was it was another learning curve for me because he came out. I was expecting bare knuckle fighting to be very um, calculative. Yeah, like I was expecting because obviously if you throw a big shot bare knuckle and you miss and you hit the top of their head, your hand's gone. Yeah. That's oh broke. really? Yeah, yeah. So you've got to be a lot more. I, I was expecting it to be a bit more of a slower pace mm. and. Everyone's got to be very like um, you've got to be cautious with the shots you throw, and you've got to be accurate. I thought that's how the fight was going to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. He come as soon as that bell went, he come running out of the, the corner and just swinging haymakers at me. And with boxing, it's all right. You put your hands up. You've got gloves to protect you. Mm. Bare knuckle, you haven't. So those shots are coming through and they're hitting clean. Yeah, because it's um, only a little like yeah, it's a little fish. Yeah, and he uh, he got me pinned into the corner and he caught me with an hook. And I remember my legs going. And like, if the ropes weren't there, I would probably would have been on my ass. But I got back up. I got back up and uh, we come back out and I'm bang, caught him with a jab and I dropped him with a jab. Oh, fucking hell. And he's like, right, we've got to fight now. He's, he's, <laughs> he's just what, uh, wobbled me. I've just put him down and we're sort of back at it. And then the, the bell went. And uh, after that, I don't remember nothing. I don't even remember it going to the second round. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That, that punch he caught me with in the corner switched me blacked, off. Blacked out a little bit. Yeah, but because I was so fit, my legs were just like, nope. Like, it's almost like half of me wanted to say, yeah, go down. And my legs were like, nope, you stand up. Um, and then, yeah, we got back to the corner and my trainer's wiping my face. My nose was busted. Both of my eyes were swollen. Um, he's sorting me out in my face and he goes to me, are you all right? I go, yeah, I'm sweet. He goes, all right. He goes, that's all I need to know. And uh, yeah, so we come back out in a second, man. Same sort of thing. He comes rushing out again and I caught him with a, a couple of little combos and put him down again and that was the fight. 
Yeah. But yeah, so but I, I say I learned a lot from that first fight, and it's this one is don't make a game plan because <laughs> my game plan for that fight was to keep it a boxing match. Yeah, and it was calculated. It was that what the, as soon as that first combination come flying at me, my game plan was <laughs> boom straight out the window. So the thing is, it's like there's levels to this. Like with mm. with boxing, like that's what I like about the pros. It's 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 like a gentleman. It is a gentleman's sport. It is, yeah. Um, amateurs a bit wild, a bit all over. Yeah, it can be. It, yeah, can, yeah. it can get a bit um, excitable. But um, when you talk about bare knuckle boxing, like it's just a whole other level that you're you're contending yeah. with. To be fair, yeah, it is, and and, and that was a, a big wake up call. I imagine it was. It was because now I'm sort of. I'm going into these next fights like anything can happen because I, as like I said, it's not like being hit with a glove on. No, um, no, no pad. But what, what are you wearing? Any um... see? Then we were. We had hand wraps. Hand wraps. Hand wraps on. Now is that, is that it though? Just hand. That's all it was. It was just hand yeah, wraps. Now nothing. Nothing. All you have is a bit of tape around your wrist and around your thumb. Oh, is that and your what knuckles it is? are completely no, exposed? It's not yeah. gloves or any. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's completely exposed wow. now. And and this is a thing as well, like because. I see a lot of pro boxers having digs at bare knuckle fighting, and um, why? Why? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I can't. More of a I, rough I, sport, do you reckon? I, think, uh, I can't speak for everyone, but I I think it's down to a lot of pros think that they can get in there and do it because they're a professional boxer and they're really good at technical boxing. And, mm. But you get into a bare knuckle fight and it's not a boxing. It's a whole match. other game. It's a fight, mm. and I've seen good pro boxers get sparked in bare knuckle because it ain't like being hit of a glove on. As soon as that bone hits that bone, it's game over. It doesn't have to be a massive punch either. But I can imagine you get a lot more injuries as well, like um, in uh, bare knuckles. So, yeah, you get a lot more facial injuries, right. but you don't get a lot more of internal injuries than you do in pro boxing. Right. The reason right. for that is because you hit someone as hard as you can, bare fist, chances are you're going to break your hand. Now, you try and throw another hard punch again with a broken hand, you ain't going to be able to. Yeah, no chance. Now, you hit someone as hard as you can with a boxing glove on, mm. and then you can do it again, yeah. and again, and oh, again. Right. And the brain is now taking loads more damage than what it should do. Don't get me wrong, in bare knuckle, it looks worse. Yeah, it you, does. Yeah, You're yeah. coming away with, with... Yeah, externally. Yeah. Like you're coming away with big, massive bruises, cuts, and teeth missing, and split lips, and everything else. I've, I even see one guy, he, he got caught with a shot, and his ear was hanging it, Yeah, yeah, that's insane. But... I would take that over brain damage, mm. and and obviously your knuckles as well. Your knuckles and hands can take a bit of a, a bit of a pasting, but internally you've got to be a certain type of breed to to do better knuckles. <laughs> like yeah, I, I, like to have that passion towards a sport to go in there, mm. and like you've got a, yeah, you got it's 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 quite interesting, and like you carry yourself. You're a very humble guy like you carry yourself so well so it's not even like yeah you got you don't even give me the impression you got don't get like, me wrong though wrong with you there's a lot of there's a lot of people in bare knuckle that ain't like me yeah do you know what yeah. i mean there's there are there, you have got a lot of lads that are rough and ready and mm. and they're they're, they're, they're there's game as you like they're still game as you like but with me i think it's where where i come from a humble background and i don't have a lot of these guys they come from rough upbringings in and out of prison in and out of trouble with the police i've i don't come from none of that mm. i come from a working family, I've grown up with loving parents and then I've gone off and I've now made a family of my own and now I've got to prepare for them. It's quite, it's quite interesting though because, um, <clears throat> you know, knowing what you were kind of like briefly talking about your dad, mm. it's, it's very much sounds like he was protecting you from that he was. environment. He was. He, he hates the fact Besides I went... you to a, yeah. a, a, a fight a fight of 14, a bare knuckle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's the same thing though. He... he 
every time he'd tell me a story, he'll always finish it off with um, it's not, nothing clever about it, though. He'll always say there's nothing clever about what I've done. And uh, he, 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 as much as he didn't want to glamorise it, which he didn't, he always told me that he, uh, that he shouldn't have done this, this shouldn't have happened, and he's wrong. And But in my as a kid, I'm like... Mm. Yeah, he used to get like quite excited. Because I, I saw the respect that he had. Mm. I've seen him go to places, and everyone's like, Sean, how are you? He didn't buy you a drink. And, and, I, and, and for me, that's... As a kid, I wanted that. Mm. Um, but at the same time now as well, it's like my dad always used to say to me, you'll understand when you've got kids of your own. And that, trust me, I fucking do. And now I, I look at the, how the world is now mm. and I look at my son's got to grow up and that they've got to be yeah. out there in how how kids are behaving now. And I don't want them around that lifestyle either. As much as I want my boys to, to be able to, to box and look after themselves... I don't want them out on the streets. I don't I, want them. I think. I think. I think the world has changed a lot since mm. you know your dad's era because yeah, lot, yeah. now like people pull out knives. Yeah, that's guns, what I mean. Like, it's, it's different. Anything yeah. can happen like on the on the streets these days. So you. But you know what? Though? I, I spoke to my dad about that, and he he said the same thing. He he says, look, he says, as much as it's happening, it is happening more. He said, but it did happen in my time. Yeah. He said, I'm but sure. you just don't hear about it because there ain't social media back then. Mm. He said it did go on. People got stabbed all the time. Yeah. People got shot. People got run over. People got beat up with weapons. He said that that stuff went on all the time. So he what? Said, but, so if anything, then it's probably better that we know about it now because people are more conscious about. It is, yeah. Where, I suppose where their kids are going to be, what environments they're putting them I in. I think the, the I think the, the the thing that's changed the most is it's the kids' mentality because back then there was a thing of respect. Mm. He said if if you if so, let's say like you got. A family, you see a man, a wife, and his kids. You know he's not about that life. He gets left alone. You won't touch him unless unless it's an absolute scumbag, drug addict who wants to. Yeah, bomb yeah, I, I know. Right. Like, so if if you're if you're a tough man, he's a tough man, mm. and you two have got beef. It's between you two. Yeah. You ain't gonna go and attack someone who's innocent. If they look like mm. that way now. Kids don't care. Kids like. They will not care if you've got your missus and your kids with you. If they want your shoes or if they've seen you draw money out the bank. They want it. Yeah. They're taking it. They don't care who's with you. No, like, there's no respect. Yeah, no, more. no bad. And that's that's the difference. There's no. Back then it was kind of like a code, mm. but now it's it, that's gone. This everyone's sort of all for themselves kind of thing now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Any, anyone's can be a victim now. Yeah, yeah, and no, I've you know I've, I I can only imagine when you do have kids that yeah. your mindset completely yeah. changes. I think it's always different when you're it's, it's just you yourself, mm. but when it's like. Yeah, yeah. You know, some, you, you've got to look after somebody yourself. And it's weird because I can see, I can see my, my my youngest boy Rome. He looks at me the way I looked at my dad, and he's he's, well, with with the fighting and stuff like that, he's he's with me all the time. Mm. He's been in the gym since he was four months old, and he he loves it. And I can as much as like I said I want him to learn it because it it can be beneficial. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I don't want him to go. I don't want him to be out in the streets. Nah, you got to control. Yeah, him. I want to fun, yeah. like funnel and it into the right place. It, it honestly, it, it kills me to even think about it. Like, what, like if someone was to to do something to him one day, and well, I, don't, I don't know how I'd be able to cope with it. I really don't. But but it does go back to you know if you're if you're if it's about the passion for the sport mm. and what you're doing, that can be channeled in the right place. It can, yeah. If it's about going out 
on the weekend with yeah. your mates and then seeing yeah. who's the hardest. Yeah, that's a different yeah, thing. It's, it's and a different thing. that's why it's important. And you obviously um, done well as well to put that aside as as well, didn't you? You made you were quite young and you you said about not going out and drinking and yeah. you I mean, made don't, quite don't a get me wrong though, no, I've still I still had my moments mm. when I was out clubbing and I've been involved yeah. in quite a few situations that I shouldn't have been and and stuff like that. It happens but at the same time, like with my boy, it's, it's kind of that. That's why I've, I believe it's important to have both mother and father growing up. The kid needs a stable home, otherwise they're not going to live a stable life. Don't get me wrong; you do get the the odd one that breaks out of it, but it's so easy to not. Do you know what I mean? It's like they can they can blame it on my childhood. I didn't have a dad growing up, and I can I can honestly sit there and say my kid will never have to go through that because I'll always be there. Yeah, and me and he, me and me and our kid's mother, we have the best relationship ever. We never argue, even if we have to bicker at each other, the kids will never see it. Do you know what I mean? And that that rarely happens. And like I said, we've been together six years now, and it's it, it, and for me, for but we both have the same. It's so important for the kids to have their dad. And, and you're you're quite yeah, structure, united. Yeah, structure. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. For for you know you for any of your kids to be mm. fair like you know uh, but a lot unfortunately you know circumstances dictate yeah, different things course, didn't yeah. they it's good it's good that you're wise about it mm. to, to try and be conscious about it. and i suppose you had that growing up yeah that's so what it is I'm, I'm lucky that i had that growing yeah. up so i see i see how my dad treated the my mum of it and i've took that away and this is how i treat my missus i treat her how, how my dad treated my mum and and vice versa and <clears throat> and it's important for my kids to see that. Yeah. So it's uh, the moment, but the moment that that's, that cycle breaks, it it will stop. Do you know mm. what I mean? It will go. It will go pear shaped. Now, like I said, I hope that my little girl, as well, my baby girl, that she will see how I treat her mum, and she won't accept nothing less. And with my boy, see if see how I treat his mum as well, and he won't. Give nothing less. Yeah. And I won't let him. Mm. If I found out that he was treating women wrong, he would certainly be on the wrong end of me because that's not what I'm bringing up. And it's, it's really important for kids to see that. And for kids that don't have the chance to see that, they, like I said, not always, but majority of them, they go off and they do bad things. Mm. And People got to work it out. Some people have to work it out for themselves. They that's do, it. yeah. That's, the, that's part of the and problem. And I said, I'm lucky that I didn't have to. Mm. I, I had like, I had my mum and dad to guide me in the right way. And don't get me wrong, I was still a little shit in school. I didn't do well in school at all. No, I didn't either. But I know exactly what you mean. But let's be honest now, do you have to do well in school to do well in life? Not no, I don't think so. I know lo loads of people that have gone off and made successful businesses and they did shit in school. Mm. It ain't always about school. and It's, it's just... It's about having morals and and the, and the being. Rather for me, I'm I'm a nice person, and I believe if you're nice, you're nice, and have one day someone to be nice to you, and and it, that's that, that's how I, I sort of go about things anyway. I, I think I think um, I think for me about uh, these this success, you know, you don't have to be very well educated. For an example, I think a, a lot of it is about what you think you deserve mm. from life. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, if you think you deserve something, you've got to go out there and go get it. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. But but you're going to be try, tried and yeah, tested. Course, like course that's, that's how the game works. But, you know, I, th I think, I don't think you need to go to university to do well in life. I, no. You know, you don't have to be the cleverest person in the room. You just, I think you've got to have heart. I think that's one of the most yeah. important things. You have, yeah. You've got, you just got to be willing, whatever it is you want to do, you've just got to be willing to put in the work and do it because nothing's 
it's going to come for free. Mm. You've got to graft and you've got to, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, I've... even the bare knuckle, like you, you get absolutely like yeah. smashed up in a fight, and you go back and you go do exactly the same yeah, thing yeah. again. But but the thing is, I'll I'll do that, and then the next the next the following Monday, I'm back at work mm. with a face like a fucking butcher's block. But <laughs> yeah. you got to do what you got to do because at the end of the day, if, like the moment I stop working, that stops putting food on my kids' table. Mm. And as much as I enjoy the bare knuckle fighting and stuff like that, at the minute, it's not paying enough for me to stop work. Mm. So I've still got to work, and so 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 what you do, uh, because you, you, you're not doing the the labouring anymore. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I've gone because I, I went from I kind of went from lay, uh, hod carrying to security, and then when I get bored of security, I go back to hod carrying. And, uh, oh, do you? You, so juggle, you juggle it. Around. I juggled it about, but yeah, no, I've 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 I'm not doing hod carrying anymore. That broke me. That did. So so, so how did you uh, meet our previous guest, uh, Craig? Craig. So I met Craig on. Um, we was on, what was we working on? We was on a film set of Justice League, I believe. I think it was Justice League. And I was I was just a security guard that was look, paid to look after a little bit of equipment. And it was funny, actually, because when, when I first met Craig, he walked up to me and said, oh, he said, you, you Jack, you're the, you're the guy that does the boxing. I said, nah. I said, you've got the wrong person. Because I, I, I don't like talking about it to people I don't know. Right. Um, I just, why? Why is it? I, I don't know. I just don't. You I just, like to just stay low key. With yeah, you. I'm just. I don't. I don't. I've never. I'm not one of those guys. Who are like, yeah, I'm a boxer. Mm. Fucking. Like, it's, fair, fair. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's for me. It's, it's a personal thing. And if you know about it, you know about it. I won't sit there and talk to you and tell you what I do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then the guy who had told him about me, I said, I said, who was that? He said, that's Craig. He said, he's the the big boss. I said, oh fuck. He went, why? He said, what did you say to him? I said, I said well, he, he asked me about the boxing. And I, I said, uh, I said, you, no, I said, I don't, I don't box. And, oh. he, and I said, who told you that? He said, Luke Keeley did. And I, went, um, I said, oh, he's, he's, a, he's a fucking liar. He went, oh, Jack, he went, for fuck's sake. He went, yeah, he said, go, when you see him, go speak to him. So I went and spoke to him and I apologised and just explained, look, I don't like talking about it to people. And we just got on straight away from there. And we, we see each other around on a, on a few other jobs and, and stuff like that on a few different sets. And... Uh, that's what he got talking to me about his um, Marines and the close protection work that he does. And, mm. and it's because I, I looked, I, I was watching him around the set and I see him turn up in a nice car, see the respect he had from directors, producers, actors. Fuck me, this geezer's on it. <laughs> and it was like, for me, as a, I was young, I was only about 18. I thought, oh, yeah. I want Excellent. I want to be like that. Yeah. I want to be like that. Yeah, about 18 or 19 I was. And yeah, so for me, it was kind of like a role model in mm. a way. And um, yeah, and I, I mean, I got his number and we started following each other on social media and stuff like that. And, and just, yeah, and then obviously that's kind of what, that's what initially put the, the, the seed into my head about joining the army. Oh, okay. Is but that it, how it all yeah, started? Yeah, but it, it took, it took a couple of years for me to eventually build up to actually wanting to do it. Because mm. um, obviously I had to, get myself fit and all that stuff and yeah, just yeah. yeah over time and yeah and it was because of Craig meeting Craig and and doing all that is what what initially um yeah put put the idea of joining the army because I saw what he had and I knew what he had to go through to get it. yeah that's why right. I'll put myself through the same thing and hopefully I can do the same thing a, yeah yeah but obviously it didn't quite play out like yeah, that well, but everyone's kind of got their own uh, journeys there on yeah they have yeah yeah definitely so, so um were you work, work, working with him at, um, at one point then? Yeah, so I, work, I worked for him. Um, he had a, a job offer come up on a uh, residential place in um, New Providence Wharf in London. Right. Um, and he needed a five-man security team there. 
And he, he called me up and said, Jaxie, I'm going to put you in with the security team. He said, I want you to be the leader. I was like, fucking hell. It's the first time I had, had to be in charge of anything. How old were you then? Uh, this was this was 2019, just before COVID came along. Right, right. So I was like, well, I was about four years ago, so about 24. 24. Um, yeah, and I was in charge. I was in charge of the security team. And, and But even though I was in charge, I just said to the lads, I was like, look, even though I've got team manager, we're, we're all one. Yeah. We're, we're security. We're not, no one's better than no one. No one's bigger than, whatever we all go through, we all fucking go through it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We're all, we're all here. We're all doing we're the, the same, same job. And, exactly. We're a team. Yeah. Um, it just I've just got to deal with the the managers and stuff. That's the only difference. And yeah, and it was a, it was a really successful job um, until COVID came along and fuck fuck the contract up. Right. But uh, but it was working for Craig was the best best person I've probably worked for because he's very he's very much like myself. I'm I'm a brutally honest person. Mm. And if Sank went wrong on a job and he'd ring me up and he'd be like, "Chat, who did that?" And I'd be like, "I did it." Yeah. Yeah. You just but hold your hands. Be, up. I'd be like, I did it, and I said, "Oh, sorry, mate." Like, take my licks and that's it and, yeah. and Craig's always loved that about me he's always like he, he knows he'll get the truth if well, he speaks get, to me well, you build trust that way yeah exactly not that there was a lot of stuff to nah, discuss, nah, nah, but, but, but it's when, whenever it, when it, it was yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. even to even to this day I'm always still brutally honest about stuff yeah. and and yeah and it, um, I'm gutted really but that, all, that contract was short lived do, do, do you know what I think with stuff like that as well and you know I'm, I've got ex exactly the same work ethic and you know, we're all human. We all make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's always about how you deal with it after yeah, exactly, that, that yeah. counts, not yeah. not the actual mistake itself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, but yeah, it was short lived. Work. It was short. It was short lived. We, I mean, we was there originally for six months because there was there was a problem there because it was a private residential site. But you had you, it was like a uh, horseshoe shaped, and on the side of it you had like a council estate block of flats, and you used to get all the the young lads running around in, in, in this area selling drugs to people and, and they wanted it gone. So that's what we were there to deal with. And we dealt with it pretty quickly. And uh, the residents and all that, that that lived there loved us. But um, yeah, so we did it for six months. We got we got it all done and they was going to renew the contract. They was going to renew it for, for another year. But obviously COVID came along and everything went in lockdown. Yeah, and that was that, shut everything down. So gutted really because it's the best job I had probably one of the most well paid jobs I've ever had as well was it yeah yeah. yeah. and then so what you, and this security work was it you said you was on film sets yeah I've know. done I've done film sets I've done door work have you over the years yeah I've, I've seen some pretty horrible things have on you the had to look after uh, many um... yeah so yeah on, in the film world I mean I, I should have written down really the ones I've looked after but I had my, my most favourite one was um, when I got to look after Jackie Chan uh, I looked after him when they, they were filming The Foreigner in London. Oh, yeah, yeah, in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah in London, yeah. yeah. And that was, um, yeah, I looked after him, I think, for two days. I was on that. And um, I was, all I had to do, I was just on, they normally have a green room, as they call it in the film world. It's a place where the actors can go and chill out and, and stuff like that in between sets. But he had a greenhouse. <laughs> he had someone's house. He had the whole house to himself. Um, and I was on the front door and I was to make sure that the only people that could come in were his entourage and his, like, team. No one else. Right. No one else from film crew and even police. No one was allowed in there. And police actually came and asked if they could come and have a picture of him and I refused them, told them no. Really? Um, and with because of that, I grew a quite a close relationship with his personal assistant who I still speak to today, Diana. She's lovely, she is. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, that was probably... I, I'm, I've never really been one to be starstruck mm. by meeting actors. I look at them like they're people. And because they are people, mm. they just do a fucking wicked job. And it's, I've always found when you speak to these actors and stuff, you go, hello, mate, how's your day going? 
they talk to you back like a normal person. If you go, oh, mate, I'm a really big fan, they're like, oh, thank you, and they walk off. Mm. You engage them, and they're like, how's your day going? That's jobs, you know what? Mm. Like, how you getting on? Like, so they, 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 they sit and have a chat with you, and that's what I found out with it quite early on in the film world. Um, and I was the same with Jackie, even though I grew up watching Jackie Chan Adventures, mm. so, and all the Rush Hour films, and all, all like, it, them yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And For me, it was like, I was a little bit starstruck with this one, but I still had to keep my cool. And... Yeah, I had a, I had a, I had a good little conversation that with him, and and um, I mean the initial part of me meeting him was quite funny, because uh, I was I was actually they my, my boss at the time pranked me. He um he said right Jay he said right this is where you're going to be today you're going to be on the greenhouse looking after Jackie, um, make sure no one comes in blah 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 he said Jay he said but when he comes up to you and you initially meet him, he said do not shake his hand, he said you have to bow, he said because of his his culture and all this sort of stuff and. And this, that, and the other. He said, you have to bow. He said, please do not shake his hand. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? Like, have I really got to do that? And and I remember I was standing on the door. He come walking around with his entourage. He come walking, he had his big grin on his face. And uh, I sort of, I, I half put my hand out like that. And in the end, I was like, oh, fuck it, bosh. <laughs> Bowed at him. And he just started laughing his head off. And I've looked up and my boss and two other security guards are hiding behind his man laughing their head off as well. And they just, they just played a prank on me. But Jackie saw the funny side to it as well. And he actually bowed back. and <laughs> Yeah, and it, it, it went from oh, there. Really, but, to him though, at least. Uh, but yeah, but... Um, at least he's got a sense of humour. Yeah, he? but I, got, I managed to have a little conversation with him about boxing and all that sort of stuff. He's quite a big fan of boxing and... Yeah, it was it was, it was, just a, it was a nice couple of days. I mean, t being a security guard on the film world can be shit. But when you have days like that, it, it, it makes up for yeah, it. Do you know what I mean? Whole, the whole thing. And he gave me a little um, a little key ring and he uh, bejazzled my phone up at the time with a load of Jackie Jan stickers. <laughs> my phone was on charge in the, um, in the kitchen where he was chilling out. And uh, obviously I had to come back and forth. I left it on charge. Come back, my phone was gone. Where the fuck's my phone? Looking around, asking, ask Diana. No one's seen it. Ask the entourage. I'm starting to get a little bit annoyed now. I think, fuck me, someone's nicked my phone. Mm -hmm. And then Jackie's like, oh, over here. He's got my phone. He's putting Jackie Chan stickers all over the back of it. <laughs> oh, cheers, mate. Thanks a bunch. I wanted that. But yeah, got but yeah. No, I've got a new phone now. This was, this was quite a few years ago. So I've got a new phone since then. But um, but yeah, it was quite funny looking back at it. And yeah, like little, little memories like that on the film world is what, what makes up for all the shit times I've had to work on them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. So it's, like, it's definitely the, the, the kind of funner side to the, the job, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it is, yeah. And what, are you still doing the security? Um... I do security now, but not on the film world. I'm, um, I'm just looking after these uh, like little block of flats. It's not even a proper security job. It's, um, they call it uh, waking watch. And it's uh, these buildings need to have like people to patrol them just to um, keep out for fire hazards and stuff like that. And to help the fire brigade right. if there was a fire pretty much so and and the fight and the fighting like so you um so obviously you had your first fight how many fights have you um how many bare knuckle fights bare knuckle fights i've had now i've had six six i've had six bare knuckle fights i've won four lost one drawn one right so yeah yeah my, my last one was march just gone was it yeah uh, and that was the one i lost uh what what um what was the opponent like on there very awkward most awkwardest opponent I've ever come across. He was like, um, he, they, they pulled him in on four days' notice. Right. That's what I'm saying. In the build up to that camp, was every, no no fighter goes into a fight 100%, or injuries always come up left, right, and centre. But going into that camp, I didn't take my diet seriously like I normally would do. Um, I just, yeah, I just thought, well, I'm big, I can fight big, I know I'm fast, I know I'm this, I know I'm that, and I, I, I thought I'd get away with it. 
And to be fair, if I was fighting someone my stature, I probably would have got away with it. But they brought in this guy. I said I had six opponents pull up in the build-up to that fight. Six. Jesus. And they got this guy in, I think, on four days' notice. And he was six foot six, 15 stone. So he's very athletic, but skinny athletic. And he had the most awkwardest style. He was switching from orthodox to southpaw. He was here, he was there, he was over here. He was, unpredictable. It was, yeah, he was so unpredictable mm -hmm. to deal with. And, um, and the, the fight itself wasn't wasn't terrible. I mean, he cut he cut me he cut my eye in the first round, split my eye straight open, and it was the first time. Even though I've, I'd had damage before, it's the first time I've had a cut in the eye. Right. Blood was Which getting into my eye, and it was making my vision go blurry. Yeah. So I had to kind of spend the rest of the first round in limbo, not really engaging, just keeping myself protected. Because I know I'm going to go back to the corner, they're going to fix it. I can see again. I'll go again in the second round is how I looked at it. And that's what happened. Got to the got to the second round. They fixed my eye. I go back out. And um, yeah, we, we say same thing, having a good good fight. I caught him with a shot and his legs went. I thought, I've got him now. Steamed in, trying to finish him. Left myself wide open. He's just come. He, 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 I caught him with a shot and he sort of half stumbled. And as he stumbled, he threw his hand, his uppercut, from down here, bang, clean on the chin. And that was it, gone. Knockout. Knockout. It was a, a, a class as a knockout. He dropped me. He, I literally just did like a little 360 spin, landed on my hands and knees. And um, I just, yeah, I tried to move my legs and my legs were gone. I couldn't move them. And I, I just, I remember shaking my head in disbelief that I've just been dropped. First time in my whole career I've ever been dropped. Yeah. And I was shaking my head in disbelief and I think <laughs> it was a wrong thing to do as well because now I think the, the referees look taking that as I don't want to fight no more. Oh, even even though I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to get up anyway. My legs were gone. But it's just a wrong sign. To, you shouldn't shake your head when you get dropped. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just one of them. Bang the canvas if you're going to do anything. But, but yeah, shaking your head after being dropped ain't the right thing to do. So, uh, so, so how did you uh, how did you deal with the loss? Um, uh, what? I, I, I think I took it quite well. I took it quite well. But even then, that's only down to the team I had around me. Hmm. Um, if it if if I had, I remember walking out of that ring, I didn't even look at anyone in the crowd. I just looked down on the floor, walked back to the changing rooms, got my eye fixed. Um, they they put their strips and that over my eye, and then. Um, I remember going back into the changing rooms and I remember saying to my missus, because my missus come and did my corner with my trainer. Uh, I remember saying to her, I said, I, I said I'm going to go home. I said, I'm going to come, let's get our stuff and we'll go home. She went, no. She went, a lot of people have paid to come and watch you. Go out and see them all. <laughs> and I, I, honestly, I was going to get my shit and I was going to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, don't blame me. I was, yeah. I was, I was so, it's, a, it's an embarrassing feeling mm. when you get dropped like in front of thousands of people um, and millions watching from their it's, phones. It's, it's, it's still a lot of respect though, regardless. Yeah, it is. Of yeah, the, of the outcome, isn't it? It's like it is, yeah. you know what what all you fight, what fighters have to go through to get to that yeah. point is like it is. And listen, build up. in the day, it's one of them things. I got caught with a shot, and in bare knuckle, it happens. Um, but yeah, but in the end, I got dressed. I sorted myself out. I got dressed, and I went out, and I saw everyone. I had a little drink, and it was alright. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it. And to be fair, I think with that, I kind of just like. I remember putting a, a Facebook status up the next day saying, well, that didn't go to the fucking plan, did it? Like, but, and so I sort of laughed it off. Make it light. Like, yeah, yeah, make it yeah, like yeah. I laughed it off. And, but it, even now, like, obviously stuff like that, it knocks your confidence when you get beat like that. Yeah, but, but I, think it, I think it's important not to fall into that turmoil, you know, like, mm. because otherwise, how, how do you get back up again? Like, exactly, yeah. So Exactly, you just got, you just got to deal with it. Yeah. Got to deal with it. I, th I think on. there's a lot to be said about um, handling loss like, and dealing with it because... The more you can get a bit more resilience to that, yeah. the more you keep going. The worst thing about it is, us as fighters, we can deal with it. 
the thing that we hate the most is having to explain ourselves to trolls and people online who, yeah, who want to sit there and go, hey, you're fucking shit, you got knocked mm. out, who, who ain't got a fight in them. Do you but feel that, like you have to explain yourself? No, I don't. No, I, I no. used to. I used to. Yeah. I used to sit now. Right now, I just yeah. ignore it. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, oh yeah, I was so. It made me so angry, mm. and I'd want to reply back all the time. And then this, yeah. and this, but I'm, I'm replying to an idiot that is probably sitting in his mum's spare bed. <laughs> yeah, hasn't trained. <laughs> yeah, who hasn't trained a day in his life, and I'm sitting there, and I've got to try and explain. I said, no, fuck that. Mm. But that, that's that. That alone can cause, a, a like cause a fighter to go on a downhill spiral. Yeah. It's um I mean a lot of fighters have, have, have been on the up and up and up and they're knocking everyone out and all of a sudden they get beat and then boom. You never hear from them again. Because they can't handle handle the loss and everything yeah. else that comes with it. Yeah. And it's it's a show of your mental strength, I think, if yeah, you come back. Your from mental a loss. resilience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, and uh, would you say that was your um your worst injury that you got when your eye got cut? Uh, yeah, right, so well, far. That's yeah, the first right. time I've been like, yeah, physically cut. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had my, my my nose was busted in my first one and my eyes and that was swollen up. But yeah, cut wise. Yeah, that was, and, and I, I, um, I pulled my shoulder out as well in that fight. Um, you? It was a, I, I, I don't know how it Just happened, swinging. Yeah, I think it just got caught up in the moment and um, it was a, uh, I went and had it looked at and it was a uh, rotator cuff injury. Right. It's, it's all right now, but... I went for a long, t a long time period where it was in agony. I couldn't even get my shirt on. Mrs. Mm. had helped me get dressed. Mm. So uh, yeah, it was, it was it was like that for a, a long time. But yeah, that's it's all good now. But so 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 what? So have you, have you still got plans to carry on fighting? Yeah, I've I'm um I'm I'm contracted to the BKFC. Um, it's another bare knuckle promotion. It's actually an American promotion. But they've now come over to the UK and they're putting shows on over here. No plans to go over to America. I would love to. I would love to. <laughs> and do you know what? I have my eyes set on it. Um, until I got beat, because I'm I'm very much like a lot of people. They love to talk shit. I don't. I won't talk shit about fighters. Um, and I'm I'm like look. I, I, I there was a guy who signed through for the BKFC a heavyweight over in America called Ben Rothwell, who's an ex UFC fighter, um, big name. I thought I'll, I'll have some of him. I want to fight him. I called him out. Didn't get nothing back from him. I thought leave it at that. He knew that I called him out because I think he liked the, the post, but I didn't get nothing back about it. Um, I'll leave it at that. And then, then I got beat. And everyone's asked, what do you want to do now, Jay? And I was like, well, I ain't fucking calling anyone else out. I said, I need to, I need to bring myself back and get another win before I can put myself back into that mm. that position of being able to call people out and go to places and demand things. Yeah. All the time you, you're coming off a loss, who are you to demand anything? Mm, yeah, no, yeah, that's you, why you've exactly. got no leverage. You've got no leverage, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, a lot of people were saying to me, talking about me, Challenging for the world title, the guy who's just won the world title, and I'm like, mate, I'm fucking nowhere near it. Mm -hmm. Maybe in about five fights' time, because you don't. That's the thing with they don't. There's not a massive ranking system in bare knuckle, right? And the good thing about bare knuckle as well is you can lose a fight and you can still be still relevant. You can still have a chance to come back. Whereas in pro, it's unless they got a rematch clause. It's very. It's, there's a lot more politics in professional than what there is in bare knuckle. Yeah. yeah. Um and. Uh, Mick Terrell is the guy who just what he just literally just, uh, last weekend won the he the BKFC world heavyweight title. He went over to America and fought him, beat the guy. So now the the title's in England. Nice. Which means it will be a lot easier for a UK fighter now to get a shot at that title because there's obviously you have a lot. It's a like a little bit of oh, where we're we going to put the show on. Is it going to sell? Mm. They said now now they've got the, the champion in the UK. 
it'd be a lot easier to put a heavyweight title fight on in the UK now. So, so, so what, you got your eye on Listen, it's, I've... You'd fight, well, you'd fight... Oh, I would fight, fight for it. I would fight for yeah. it. I'd fight anyone. But at the same time, I've, I've got I've got a fight coming up in April. I've got to win that. I've got to get at least another four wins, three or four wins under my belt. I do. Oh, that... I've, I, I think so. I believe in myself, yeah, to even to be considered. Is that is that what you and your coach um, agree on? Like... You're on the same page with that, or yeah, I mean, you make, or do you generally have to make the decisions for stuff like this? No, nah, see, I, put, I run everything past my, my coach. Right, yeah. everything, even like fights. If 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 I feel like it's someone easy, I will still won't agree to do it until Pete gives the yeah, green light. Go ahead, yeah. At the end of the day, he's a man who's got to train me for it, mm. and it's, he, well, he knows you well enough now as yeah, well, doesn't he? Exactly. So, but we're we're, we're on the same thing. We got we know what we've got to do. We know what we've got to do. We know we've set goals physically where I've got to be regarding my weight and my fitness and all that sort of stuff, um, which I've got to go away and do. And then once, well, I said, once we get, we've agreed on we need to get a couple of fights. I've got a free fight contract with them. Let's see where after the free fights, see where we're at, and then we'll go from there. Um, and yeah, that's that's how it is at the minute. So the talks of title fights and stuff like that is fucking. What 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 um what keeps you going in all of this? Like you've, you know, because it can't, you can't just be all about the money because... I do enjoy it. Yeah. I do enjoy do it. Like, yeah, I do yeah. enjoy it. I do enjoy it. I enjoy fighting. I just don't enjoy this bullshit that comes with it. And there is a lot of it. There Which, is a lot of it dealing with tickets. Oh, uh, the political... Dealing with, with fucking fighters pulling out. And it's it's the whole, just dealing with the show, like waiting. I hate waiting. Mm. Like now, even I've been told April. Not I haven't been given a date. I've just been told April. That could change. Is it quite volatile in that? It sense? can be. Yeah. It can be. That's what I'm saying. Like the past two years of my fight career, I've had one fight because of these reasons. Mm. Um, it's that's what I don't like. I don't like not knowing. I know a lot of they say fighters should keep themselves in shape all all the time, and they should. But I go to work, and I've got a family to support. Yeah, I don't have the time always to. I I make the time when I got a fight coming up. But until then, it's like well, if I haven't got nothing coming up. I'm I'm working and I'm spending more time doing that stuff than what I am trying to like, train and keep myself fit. Should Should you be fighting more regularly? I, well, I would love to be fighting at least four times a year. Four times a year, three to yeah. four times a year. But at the minute, I'm lucky if I get it once. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a pain in the well, ass. Bring, really. bring on April then. Really, yeah. Isn't fingers it? crossed. Fingers crossed. April. Yeah. I've. Um, I mean, they, they even told me an opponent, and I can't. Obviously, I can't say nothing of who it is yet. But um, I've passed everything over to Pete. I think Pete's happy with it. Um, he knows exactly what it is straight away he's like yeah right we've got to work on this we've got to work on that I'm like right sweet so now I've just got to go back to the BKFC and say yeah right we accept it And so what are you going to do lose another six stone in uh, I'm, no not six stone <laughs> I won't go to six stone but I'm I'm planning to get down to about about 17 about 17 about 17 stone I think yeah but I think I want to get to 17 because at the end of the day I'm still heavyweight and at the minute I'm about just over 21 stone right right okay um, and I want to get back down to 17 stone and I've got four months and I know I can lose a stone a month easy with my diet and my training, so... Yeah, yeah, I've, just got to get Christmas yeah. out of the way. Yeah, it'd be, do you know what, even then in Christmas, I'm not a big, a big... I have a big Christmas dinner, but I'm not I don't, I'm not a snacky person. Yeah, I yeah. Just, oh, I don't... It's not terrible. I don't that. snack out. I, I just eat a lot of the wrong things. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my problem, is that yeah. I don't eat loads of it, I just mm. eat the wrong shit. Mm. Um, but yeah, but Christmas, but, but, but I'll when, have a drink of that. I, th I think sometimes the good thing about training all the time and heart, like, or training often and regularly... Mm. Like you, it, it counterbalances it a bit as well. It does, yeah. It's, it's important to, I think, if you're in your line of work, 
like it's probably important to have a, yeah, a yeah. reasonably healthy diet, isn't it? Of course it is. Yeah, you got you got you got to find a good like, medium. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's um, and for me that's hard because where I don't go out drinking and clubbing and all that stuff, my my happy place that's is, your is food. Thing. Yeah, so say yeah. it's exactly the same for me. And the moment I start eating bad food again, it's like oh, one more, one more, one more. And, yeah, it's like fucking. Sometimes it's hard to bring yourself back out of it because now he's like, you go from training camp to, to being best behave. Now you can eat what the fuck you want. You put on probably a stone or two. Like, right now you're back in another camp. Mm. But but when it's probably like that, it's easier. But when it goes from you right, you have one camp, you've had a fight. Now you've had nothing for the rest of the year. That weight period, you because because I put on weight just as quick as I can lose it. So now instead of me having four weeks off and going back into another camp getting ready for another fight and only probably putting on maybe a stone and a half in that four weeks and keeping myself still re relatively fit mm. I've now gone a year yeah completely yeah a whole year so, so it's still a bit, yeah, a bit more it's, so it's a bit more work you got to, yeah so it's a lot more work yeah yeah because who's um there's that UFC fighter Paddy um, Paddy Pimblet. Yeah, 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 and and he's. He, I remember seeing a, a post about him about mm. how he like he absolutely shreds for a fight. Yeah, yeah, and he blows right up. up. The right same up. as Ricky Atten. Ricky yeah. Atten used to do the same thing as well. He he was the, they used to call him Ricky Fatten because he would he would blow up four or five stone. Yeah, in between fights and then still lose all the weight. Yeah, pro, uh, b before the fight. Yeah, like. before the fight. Yeah, and it's it's it is mad being able to do that. And I mean. Could I, don't, I, I? I don't know overall how healthy it is. I, yeah, it must it must put a strain on your body over mm. time. But that's what I say. Realistically, you're supposed to keep yourself at a, at a middle uh, place. Yeah, yeah, find a good medium all the time. But some people just it's it's hard to do. Yeah, well, different people enjoy different things, don't they? And exactly. That's, yeah, that's the thing. Like some people, it's food. Other people, alcohol, drugs, whatever it is. So yeah, you know, I, I can I can see where the complication kind of lies with with stuff like that, but. You know, yeah. as long as you take it seriously when it's time to take it seriously, that's what. Uh, well, that's it. Yeah, that's 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 the main thing, isn't it? But, but say like now, we've got four months. Got yeah, just over four months. Nice. Well, I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna watch it. How, how, where can we watch this? So they got uh, the BKFC have an app, TV app, and you can get on your phone. Right, and you subscribe right. to. It. I think it's like four ninety nine a month, right. and you get all the live events yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. But um, but if you want to, you can grab tickets for it. It's only gonna be in Milton Keynes. Oh, is that where it yeah, is? Yeah, it's only Milton Keynes. Okay. That's not, not, don't think that's too far from here, is it? No, 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 not at all. Not so, at all. yeah, it's um, being there live watching it could be a lot better than watching it from your phone. Right, right. It's honest because you hear, like, when you're there, you might not hear it as such on when you're the watching atmosphere. it. You, not just the atmosphere, but you hear the shots. Yeah. When, when, you, when someone gets caught properly, you hear the bone on bone. <laughs> and it's, it's that, like, when you see that in, in the flesh, you have a lot more respect for it mm. if, that, if that makes sense and then what you would watching it on YouTube and on TV oh, and stuff right. like that you, you appreciate it a lot more when you see it in person and you see the state of these fighters how they are when they come out some yeah. of them are pretty banged up it's, it's, it's absolutely like incredible <laughs> what um, like as I say boxing's uh, you know I admire boxers mm. let alone people that are like using their actual fists yeah I um, mean like bare knuckles so nice fair play to you mate fair play to yeah you. It's, it's, it's a tough sport it's a tough sport but I do enjoy it I prefer it over gloved boxing all day mm. yeah it's, it's, a, it's a, a bigger buzz I think yeah is it really yeah I think so yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah, yeah no it's good 
Well, I wish you all the best for it. Cheers, mate. And, you. Uh, and uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on yeah, today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, really appreciate it, pal. And uh, I wish mate. you all the best. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Cheers, pal.